you picture me in the Lowe's parking lot. It's like 8 p.m., maybe on like a Thursday or Friday night. I've just bought a bunch of drywall. It doesn't fit in my car as is. So I had to pre-take my measurements, plan out the layout of the drywall. I'm in the parking lot cutting the drywall and loading it up into the car. That was kind of what it was like a lot of the time. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Gabby and I spend a lot of time traveling and we often get asked by family and friends how we go about staying healthy while on the road. Well, the secret sauce to staying healthy on the road, it's actually a juice. Keeping our bodies and minds nourished while on a plane, train, or automobile is essential to ensuring that the best last minute deals on Airbnb keep getting delivered to your inbox each week. And that's why we love Happy Moose Juice, our one-stop shop for zero added sugar, immune-boosting super juices. Happy Moose Juice is like a hit workout for your immune system. Their cold-pressed juices and wellness shots use the freshest of the fresh fruits, vegetables, and herbs, all sustainably grown and hand-picked by family farmers. Each delicious morsel is picked at peak ripeness and then promptly pressed to ensure mind-blowing flavor. Happy Moose is like a cheat day for your brain and body. If you're not really a green juice person, just wait until you've tried Apple Bottom Greens or Charred Knock Life. You'll be feeling like a juiced up Daddy Warbucks singing, I don't like it, I love it, in no time. Staying healthy on the road can be hard, but Happy Moose makes it easy. Explore Happy Moose's collection of carefully crafted juices and wellness shots at www.happymoose.com. And you can get $15 off your first order when you use the discount code SPONSTANIUS at purchase. Again, that's spontaneous at purchase for $15 off your order. In just a moment, you'll meet Kayla Stormont, the creator of the Apex Cabin in Big Bear, California. When Kayla would go to a toy store or a jewelry shop as a kid and ask her mom for a trinket or a pair of earrings, her mom would often say, no, I'm not going to buy you that. You could make that yourself. And while Kayla didn't know it at the time, this encouragement would serve her very well as an adult. As a native of the island of Hawaii, Kayla has always loved the mountains. So when she visited Big Bear for the very first time after moving to LA, she knew she needed to find a way to acquire a mountain home. Tune in to hear the story of how Kayla went from cutting drywall in a Lowe's parking lot on a Friday night to transforming, by herself, a historic 1960s A-frame into a contemporary modern escape. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Kayla. All right, Kayla, walk us through your very first experience staying at an Airbnb. Where did you go? What was the place like? And when you think about sort of that experience holistically, what do you remember most about it? Yeah, my first ever Airbnb was uh, a lake house. Well, it was a lake cabin in Maine. Okay. I was living in Boston. 
Um, I rallied some friends for a birthday and we drove up maybe seven of us stayed in this tiny little cabin. It was right on the water, this little lake somewhere in Maine. Um, My host name was Trudy. What I remember is Trudy. (laughs) She was (laughs) such a character. Uh, I remember that the listing said that the cabin puts the fun in funky. And that was definitely true. Um, It was one bedroom. There was a a bathtub in the bedroom. Wow. Not right next to the bed, but it was an upstairs bedroom with a bathtub in the room with you. Wow. Um, And there was a little deck and we just spent a couple of days on the water, in the water, barbecuing, hanging out, being together. And I think that's, that was my first impression of Airbnb was that the difference was that you just got so much more together time. Hmm. You just were really living there. That's how we felt when we were there. Very, very well said. Uh, I, I have to chime in here. We uh, are we've spent the last you know, 13, 14 months now, sort of Airbnb hopping, and you know have had the privilege of staying in some really, really cool places. And our all-time favorite Airbnb is actually in Maine. It's in Booth Bay okay. Harbor, Maine, and I I had you know never spent much time in in New England at all, let alone Maine. And there is just something special about like the the main coast, um, and that part of the country is just it's so unique. It's so it's filled with just like so much character. And when you said Trudy, the the person that sort of came to mind was the host that we had in in Booth Bay Harbor as well. So um, it's it, you know uh, she her her name is Susie, and she's our our favorite. You know, absolutely memorable uh, character as well. So. Um, anyways, Maine, Maine is a special place. If you're listening and you haven't been there, make sure make sure you get there soon. And look up Trudy. And look up Trudy. You know yes, it because I think it still says she puts the fun in funky. That's okay. how you'll know. That's how you'll know. That's how you'll know. So, Kayla, you renovated this 1963 A-frame in Big Bear, California, and I think you did it all or or mostly by yourself. Um, which is just, you know, absolutely impressive for for many obvious reasons. And today, the Apex Cabin is, which is the name of your cabin, is this modern cabin with, you know, all of the contemporary furnishings that a traveler might need. But I'm I'm really curious to hear a little bit more about what it looked like before the renovation. So, can you just walk us through what the place was like when you purchased it? And then take us through sort of the the evolution of how it came to be this you know beautiful structure that it is today. Yes, uh, so it was running as a rental when I purchased it, so it was well outfitted. Okay, but my first impression, so I I loved it because it was an A frame. I loved it for the the inevitable charm and character of an A frame. It just can't be beat. Um, but when I walked in, there was just wood everywhere. Yeah every single wall was wood paneling in the bathroom, in the kitchen, wood cabinets, wood floors, wood ceilings, just too much in my (laughs) opinion. (laughs) And they were different shades of wood. And so that was the first thing that I was like, this needs to get a little bit cleaned up. And don't get me wrong. I love the wood, the ceilings. I would never touch the beams. I would never touch. Um, But I wanted you to focus on those and for those to shine in their contrast with different surfaces, I guess yeah. I could say. There's also a butcher block countertop. So okay. it was truly head to toe 
what truly a cabin yeah the truly yeah a yeah cabin. okay truly a cabin um so i think that's that was one of the main goals of the renovation was to adjust those things so it ended up redoing the kitchen redoing the bathroom pretty much entirely wow wow and did you when you first acquired the property was there this goal of like you you didn't want to rent it out before you had done renovations like you didn't try to just keep the rentals going at least for a little bit no okay so no you, so you got the no. you got the property and immediately started doing renovations right away okay yes and how so, I have that like how did you know what you were doing how did you do this like I I am just so impressed because I'm impressed with anyone that knows how to do this stuff I you know we've we've uh, as I mentioned stayed in a number of Airbnbs and anytime I'm talking to a host and they're like yeah yeah, yeah we we did this ourselves I'm like are you like a god? Like how? Like how do you do this? So, talk us through like how you learned how to renovate a space. Had you done this before? Like how did you figure out what the heck you know you were doing? Let alone like get all the stuff up there. Like I mean, this is you know this is on a mountain. Um, so, can you just explain in as you know much detail as you'd like a little bit about what the renovation process was like? Yes. So I would say that I credit my mom and my grandpa with, they are the handy people in the family. And so that has always been an attitude in my family. Um, I would ask my mom if I could buy something and she would say, no, you can make that yourself. Mm. Like there was always this attitude of why don't you try to do it before asking somebody else to do it or just going out and buying it. So that started very early on. Um, I have done a little bit of renovation in my own home, mostly painting, so nothing major. So this was really the chance to take on a much larger project. Yeah. Uh, and the answer to your question is no, I didn't know how to do any of this. YouTube is my friend. Um, I have one good friend who is an architect and who is similarly interested in DIY. So we did a lot of bouncing ideas off of each other. She helped me a lot with the actual manual labor of retiling a bathroom, yeah. <laughs> cutting and retiling a bathroom. Um, and it was a lot of trips up there where my poor Honda CRV was just loaded down with drywall and backer board and giant pieces of plywood. Wow. Like you picture me in the Lowe's parking lot. It's like 8 p.m maybe on like a Thursday or Friday night, I've just bought a bunch of drywall. It doesn't fit in my car as is. So I had to pre take my measurements, plan out the layout of the drywall. I'm in the parking lot, cutting the drywall and loading it up into the car. That was kind of what it was like a lot of the time. Wow. <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, that's, that's such a, that's such a colorful image. Um, so, uh, you know, when you, you talk about YouTube being your best friend. Were there specific, like, like, were you specifically following people that had done renovations for short-term rentals? Like, do you remember any of like the YouTube channels that you'd regularly like tap into or, or subscribe to, or, or was it simply like, how the hell do I install like, you know, bathroom tiles, you know, so that they, you know, stick like, at, like what is molding? Like, you know, how do I, how do I cut drywall? Was it, was it basically just those basic queries and whatever was the top ranking video you'd, you'd play or, I guess, how, how much did you rely on YouTube to help you bring this space to life? Um, it was 100% YouTube. <laughs> and I would say there aren't, so I can't name for you specific personalities. There is a guy, his name's Steve Ramsey. 
He runs a channel called Woodworking for Mere Mortals, which I greatly enjoy for woodworking related things. Um, But really, it's like people have different specialties. So when I was looking for drywall tips, I had to go to one place. When I was looking to tile, I had to go to a different place. And so once I sort of locked in on a person who was making great tiling videos, then I would go back to them for the remainder of my tiling questions. But it was really just whatever came to the top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would watch it. You know, I'd spend two hours in the evening watching videos. Wow. Just to make sure that I had a solid grasp on what I was doing. I, and I still made mistakes. I used a grout in the kitchen, which was my first tiling experience ever, that a, a couple of days later or later down the line, I saw a video of a guy saying that DIYers and beginners should never use this grout. It's only meant for professionals. <laughs> and I was like, no wonder it was so difficult. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's incredible. So you you refer in your uh, very well-written Airbnb post copy to the Apex Cabin as a modern take on forest living. And it's it's clear in this space that you've been super intentional about the elements to of the home that you you know that you want to preserve the historic kind of character of the home and the elements that you you know wanted to give a, a little bit of a facelift to. So, how did you decide like what to keep and and what to renovate? Yeah, I think I think the decision was made easy for me by the structure. It was you know that a lot of people have a lot of straight up and down walls that they can replace wood paneling yeah. with drywall or make choices like that. I didn't really have that choice. My walls are my ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't touch those and I wouldn't, some people paint the wood white. I was not about to do that. So really it was about taking that, taking the shape of the house and those wood walls as the inspiration point and then trying to celebrate that elsewhere. Hmm. So none of the tiles are 90 degree angles. They all have points on them meant to, emulate the point of the apex yeah. line yeah yeah things like that and then it was it was about thoughtfully bringing in more wood like the floating shelves and the coffee table but it was wood that would complement the wood of the roof and not clash with it and also trying to bring the outside in so mm. one of the reasons that i like to go up there and i think a lot of people go to big bear is to be in the forest and in the mountains um which you don't get wherever you're coming from, which is usually San Diego, Los Angeles. So it was really about trying to bring that forest and those trees and those natural elements inside. Yeah. Which you, you know, did so well. I, the, the deep greens that are everywhere are just, uh, so, yeah. so beautiful. it's funny. We actually, uh, have a green velvet couch in our Washington DC apartment. And so when we first walked in, my, the first thing my wife said, it was like, Oh my gosh, the green couch, <laughs> the green couch, it feels like we're at home. And it's a very like bold, like color, right? It's a very like bold yes. design decision, but it works super well, you know, in, in your space. So, um, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> green was a given that couch was the first thing I decided on. I was like, I want a green velvet couch in here. Everything else is going to have to work with a green velvet couch. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and the second thing was the wallpaper. Okay. Yeah, I was, yep, was going to ask about I that. I need some wallpaper in here. It's got to work with the green velvet couch, and then we go from there. Wow. Wow. So well done. Yeah, and, and even with the wallpaper, like, how did you decide? Like, you, when you first walk in, right, it's it's what your eye is drawn to. Um, and it just it is it does have this beautiful, like, stark contrast to the wood paneling on the roof, um, you know, the rest of the wood of the space. 
Did it take you a while to find like the right wallpaper? Yes. I have tons of wallpaper samples <laughs> now uh, in a closet. I Maybe I'll use them one day. Um, but yes, I wanted it to be botanical. I needed it to be green. So those are kind of specific, but actually there's a lot of ways you can go. You can yeah. go with a more modern style, a more watercolor style. So just and had to test things. Did you have like, do you have a design background? Did you tap into friends that did or like, were you sort of just kind of making this up as you went along? I was mostly making it up. Um, the one friend who helped with the DIY also helped me make decisions about tile. You know, I think yeah. it's really hard to make those decisions alone. You need someone to say, I'm thinking about these two things. Do they look good together Yeah. in your opinion? So I did have that. Uh, I don't have a design background, but have always been into crafts and creating things. So yeah, I mean, your mom was your mom from. was making you build your toys, right? So <laughs> I, know. I know, I know. I did a lot of jewelry making as a kid. Wow, I wasn't allowed to buy it. Yeah, well, there you go. Teach them young. Teach them young, and then it'll pay off, yep. as they say. Yep. Um. So it did really pay off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back to the. Uh, like the vintage feel of the space. We, it was impossible not to notice this too upon arrival, but you actually have VHS tapes and a record player in the cabin. So walk us through why you decided to include this. Obviously, you know, TV connects to Netflix, all the fun stuff as well, but like why, why bring in, you know, the good old VHS and, and VCR? Yeah. Uh, the, the VHS is actually a funny story. So my first guests ever, to the cabin. It was uh, the host of another podcast that I listened to, her husband and their dog, uh, kind enough to book my place when I was first starting. And they were messaging me throughout the stay. And she said, my husband says that the only thing you need that's missing are VHS tapes. And (laughs) if you had that, it would be perfect. And I thought that was a great idea. I messaged her back. I said, you're totally right. I will absolutely look into that. Um, and I know that the thrift shop right down the road has a ton of VHS tapes. And she said, we're going there later today. We'll take a look. Wow. And they actually bought four or five VHS tapes and left them there for me. Wow. And so, and then I followed through and I got the tape player, um, and got a couple more tapes. And now, now it's a legacy item in there. And that was just all through the relationship of host and guest. I, I love it. What what I think is so special about that decision too, is it's almost, it's almost like a statement piece where it's like, Hey, you know, when you think about a cabin, you think about a cabin in the woods, the mountains, right? Like you think cozy, you think, you know, we're going to, uh, relax. Um, it's going to be a peaceful sort of, sort of stay. And I feel like a lot of the time people associate that with, you know, growing up, right. And like this idea of like a family vacation or, you know, oh, you know, we were the only time we were allowed to watch like three movies back to back was when we were, you know, at at the cabin. Right. And so I feel like, I feel like you've done such a good job of evoking this sort of like memory, um, that, you know, I have, I think, you know, many others probably Sharon as well to their childhood. Um, and even sort of the, you know, the, the Disney movies that you've picked and, and selected there is, it's just a reminder that, hey, here's where you come, take your coat off, relax a while and, you know, be at peace um, and, you know, reminisce a little bit if you, if you, if you, you know, so desire. So well done on that. Yes. 
I love that you say that. It is, it's meant to be cozy and it's meant to be quality time spent with the people that you're with. And so putting on a record is, it's just, um, this is the most LA thing I could say, but it's just a vibe. <laughs> and to wake up in the morning and to put a record on and then make your coffee, it just feels so good and it feels special and not like your day to day. And so that yeah. was the hope. Yeah. Well, you nailed it. So when bringing this space to life, right, you, this, this cabin is, is, is small, right? But it's, it's packed with, you know, every amenity that you could possibly, you know, need as, as a traveler. And, you know, how a lot of, a lot of the places that we've stayed in, especially sort of like the smaller homes, the tiny cabins or tiny homes and whatnot, you know, they, they leave out the disher, the, the, the you know, the dishwasher, they leave out the washer and dryer, or they, they make these strategic decisions, right, for how to optimize the space such that, um, you know, it doesn't feel crammed and, and cramped. And you were able to sort of like include all of that, like full kitchen, right, everything, and not make the space feel, you know, crammed and, and whatnot, even though it is a it is a smaller space. And I have to imagine that like sourcing these amenities and then like finding a way to you know get them all up to Big Bear was was especially challenging. So, how did you determine like which amenities to include and like how did you go about planning how to make them all work in your space? Yeah, so I I can't take credit for that decision. I was lucky enough to walk into a cabin that had a washer and dryer, which is so rare. Yeah, um, I do think that people often think that you don't need all of these things because you're just staying somewhere for a short time. But I, I really think it should feel like home. Hmm. And also it is where I go to get away from home. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I need all these things too. So it was really, and it's, it's beyond the the dishwasher and the washing machine and dryer, but I want the kitchen to be stocked. I want you to just feel like you have everything you need. So if you do want to cozy up and if you just want to stay in the house, you don't have to constantly be going out to run errands or pick up this and that um, yeah. you should really just be able to stay there and also i don't have a dishwasher in my own home so <laughs> when i go up there it's, it's a treat <laughs> it's luxury yeah it's a pure luxury i love that yeah and you know it, it's funny i i think too you know for for as the world has changed so dramatically and as you know there's way more flexibility for for many folks with their jobs and where they work and um, you know, where they work from, I think having those amenities are, you know, it's especially important, right? Cause we, we could have stayed there for a week and, you know, um, we were there for, for a couple nights, but like, it's just the two of us, like it's more space than our DC apartment. Right. So like, you know, it would have, it would have worked great. And I think having those amenities are especially important when you're trying to attract folks for uh, a slightly longer stay. And just, I, I do have to call this out because again, we've, we've stayed in several different you know, mountain campus as well. And Wi-Fi is always sort of like a little bit of an issue. Um, your cabin, like no issues at all. Like we were on zoom calls. Both of us were on zoom calls all day. You know, <laughs> she, you know, my, my wife, Gabby was in the, uh, the loft bedroom and I was downstairs on the, on the green couch. And you know, the, the most annoying thing was that we could both hear each other a little bit here and there, but the Wi-Fi, like no issue. And that's so hard to find in like a mountain, um, escape but of any kind. So, you yeah. know, I don't, I don't know if you can take credit for the Wi-Fi there and, and, I, the, and the fiber optics, but it, it works great. <laughs> I wish I could, but I'm glad to hear it. I was going to ask how it worked with the two of you in the small space triangulating <laughs> so that you, you weren't 
talking over each other because it is it's all open in there, which is the only challenge to multiple Zooms at once. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, hey, it it worked out great. So when you think about your your cabin, like what what aspect is like your favorite? Like when you when you think about, oh, should I make the drive this weekend? Oh, you know, maybe a cancellation came up and you you could go up to the cabin. Like when you think about the the space, like what about it is most exciting to you and or just, you know, feels something that you're proud of or like every time you look at it, you're like, ooh, yes, like this brings me, you know, this sparks joy to, to pull a Marie Kondo. Um, yeah. What, what aspect of, of the space does that for you? I think um, for me, it's when you get up there and you open the car door and it's this, right now it's cold, but it's this fresh whiff of nature and mm. you see the a-frame through the two trees that are perfectly lining up in front of the house i think it's that moment where you realize okay i'm not wherever i was before for me I, i'm not in la anymore mm. i'm somewhere else and you just can your brain can just kind of let go of all the whatever it's holding tightly to and just take a moment and be in this place mm. I think that's it for me and the wallpaper and the wallpaper. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I love, love the wallpaper. So I think, I guess to your second question, what am I most proud of? I guess that would be when I'm standing in the bathroom Mm. um, because that was the biggest undertaking in the DIY. I bet. Um, It was, yeah, I, a pro tip for people learning to tile I wouldn't recommend using tiles with no 90 degree angles. I would recommend maybe starting on a square or rectangular tile. Uh, I chose not to. It was really difficult. I learned a lot. And when I look at my handiwork, I'm just proud of the scale of it. It is. I mean, it is so well done. I mean, the bathroom, the entire bathroom is like, it's a, it's a lot larger than you would expect it to be given sort of the, the overall size of the A-frame. And it's just... You know, we we really appreciate a well, you know, thought out, a well stocked um, bathroom, let alone one that's just like you know beautiful in and of itself. So well done on that front, um, and and glad that you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, I will say, going back to the earlier conversation about what I chose to change, the shower had a solid wall in it before, so it was very uh, dark yeah. in the shower, um, and it had a thick wall, so it took up four inches of space. You had four inches less of space. That's Uh one change I made that I think really helped uh, when you're in the shower, you don't feel like the wall is right in (laughs) front of your face (laughs) and some light gets in too. Yeah. Yeah. Better now. So when you talk us through sort of like why you decided to acquire the apex, you know, to, to begin with, like, had you been looking for a short-term rental for a while? Was the idea, like, were you set on Big Bear? Were you set on a specific location? Like, how did you first, you know, even start shopping, if you will, for, for a second home? Yeah, I think running a short-term rental or being in the B&B light hospitality space had always been something of interest to me. Um, and a friend of mine bought a cabin in Big Bear. And so I had been going up with her a couple of times and it's just the perfect location where it's just far enough that you feel like you're getting away, but just close enough that you can make it a weekend trip. You can drive up on a Friday night and stay till Sunday and that it's not so much driving that it's not worth it. 
Um, so that's kind of how I settled on Big Bear. And so I was looking for a while. I saw a lot of houses and some of them were promising and the house buying process is crazy and really stressful and a lot of unknowns. And then the house arrived on the market and I saw the A-frame and it, it just felt in my heart like that had to be it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So well said. Um, and I, I do think that there is something to be said for finding a place to that, like you want to frequent. Cause I think a lot of there, there's, you know, this, uh, I don't know, I don't even know how to uh, accurately characterize it, but there's this, you know, spirit in the short-term rental space where, oh, you acquire one and then you got to acquire another and then another and then another. And then, and then like you're in the real estate game. And then before you know it, you've got, you know, 12 different units and you, you haven't even been to, you know, six of them and whatnot. And I, I will say as a, as a, you know, professional guest, if you will, that there is something <laughs> to be said for the folks that, you know, think really that, that live close enough to the space where they can regularly visit. I feel like there are just like, you know, you remember to leave a can opener, right? Like, or you remember, Oh, like, you know, it, it would be helpful to have some spices here. Right. And I think that that attention to detail can go missed when you're buying a place, you know, across the country from you that you might go and visit, you know, once or twice a year, but it's really just, you know, an investment property. That's, that's all that it is. So mm -hmm. I think that there's you you notice those differences and those those subtleties, but they're important subtleties when you're yeah. you know, traveling full time. Yeah. Also, for better or worse, I am a bit of a control freak. So I like to know <laughs> how my space is and what kind of experience I'm providing to people. And I do that by going up there at least monthly, if not more often. Yeah. I also keep fresh eucalyptus in the space. And we noticed I that. Yes. That myself. <laughs> So wow. I've got to get up there. Otherwise, the eucalyptus will be too crispy. <laughs> oh, I love that. So was the intention always to list it on Airbnb and like walk us through what that process was like? Like you finished the renovation. First of all, actually, how long did it take? Like how long did it take from the time you bought the property to when you actually listed it on Airbnb for the first time? I so I bought it in March and was renting in September. Wow. So it was okay. a five month renovation. And that was, I mean, it was, I was up there pretty much every weekend Yeah. Um, and sometimes would stay through the week. Uh, I have a cat, so it was difficult. I had to come back and forth. Otherwise I would probably have just lived up there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was hard when there wasn't a shower or a toilet. Yeah. I imagine. The entire bathroom was gutted, <laughs> but yeah, it took about five months. Um, I did intend to rent it. It was always meant to be a dual purpose. It was always meant for me to go up there. Yeah. It was meant to be my space to go with friends um, and then also to rent it to help cover the costs of buying it and renovating yeah. it, you know? Uh, so that was the intention. When I got into it, I mean, it was like renovating. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so I looked to some stellar examples in the community. I'm actually uh, have group chats going with other cabin owners in the area and oh, wow. so people yeah people are really helpful about I mean, you can ask any any size of question i asked my neighbors across the street for their snow removal guy because the winter was <laughs> impending and i didn't know i grew up in hawaii i don't know anything about snow removal <laughs> yeah. i don't even it doesn't cross my mind that someone has to do that so 
it was a huge learning curve, but I felt really supported by the community of hosts up there. Wow. And when you did finally put it listed on Airbnb, like talk us through what those first couple stays were like, like, were you like up at night freaking out, like wondering, Oh gosh, is the roof going to fall in? Like how did, how, first of all, how long did it take before it booked? And then, you know, what were, what were the, you know, first couple stays like for you? It was so stressful. Um, it was, there was a lot of, uh, worry. What if nobody ever stays here? What if it never gets booked, you know, Mm. or what if, everything goes wrong. What if disaster happens? There was a lot of initial worry. Um, I had a couple of stays after the first day, the string lights outside broke. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I was like, of course. So I, I ended up taking a day trip up there during the next guest stay to, to fix it on a Saturday. Um, and then since then, thankfully nothing has broken. <laughs> um, but it felt it was scary. And then it felt great. Mm. I would say once it started to book and once I started to have confidence that people were staying and enjoying the space and recognizing the work that had gone into it, then it just felt wonderful to be sharing it with people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine like, especially when you've just spent five months, right. Pouring <laughs> your blood, yeah. sweat, and tears into bringing this beautiful space to life and the fear of like, I think it's cool, but will anyone else, right? Like, <laughs> yes. I imagine that and just I think, you, you know, I think we all feel that in every aspect of our lives, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty extreme. Yeah. But every time I get a comment about someone who has recognized that like all the books that I chose are tree related or, yeah. or nature related or something like that, for the most part, every time somebody recognizes one of those things, it's just validation that I made the right choice. I was going to ask about, I believe it was on the coffee table. It's like how to be, how to be like a tree or how to be more tree-like. Yes. And I flipped <laughs> through that and I was like, wow, this is like, it's like a meditation. Um, <laughs> yes. I approach that book. Every time I go up there, I flip to a random page and I read about the tree and I read about how to be like that tree. And then I save another tree for another trip. There you go. I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's, uh, th- those are the, the interesting um, I, I feel like that, that is the difference between a great place to stay and an experience, right? Like when, when hosts have gone over and above to think about those things at that level of detail, um, mm-hmm. it just, it, it, it feels, you know, that's the difference between a, an Airbnb and, and a hotel room, right? Like it's, yep. it's, it is those, those small touches, but those important furnishings, those, those important additions, um, it just shows that, wow, there was a lot of intentionality behind, you know, this this entire space um and and with that like i've talked to a number of hosts who when they think about you know designing an airbnb or bringing a short-term rental to life they have like a specific kind of guest persona in mind where like they're like oh i want to i'm trying to attract people that you know love skiing or you know really like water sports or whatever it might be when you were bringing the apex to life was there a particular guest persona or a particular couple of guest personas that you had in mind when when building the space? I would say it was mainly me. Yeah. <laughs> very selfish. But I was like, would I like this? Would I like to stay here? And I generally find myself to be an okay barometer for 
the, like the general population, yes. you know, um, if I like something, it's probably because a lot of people like it. Yep. <laughs> um, so I, I had that in mind, but also I, there were a couple of people, I guess I envisioned like a family of four coming up and the kids would sleep on the sleeper sofa and mom and dad would be upstairs in the loft bedroom and the yard is fenced. So maybe they could bring their dog. Yeah. It's important. I think if you have a pet to be able to travel with them, if you want to. Um, so those are really the people that I envisioned using the space. And I envisioned people cooking in there and just kind of reading on the couch and having some quiet time. Yeah. Um, so that was who I was planning for. I love the, um, I should have mentioned this earlier, but like the, the deck too, like it's a large deck. Um, and yeah. you know, we, we, it was pretty cold when we were there, so we didn't spend too much time outside, but like your the, the lot itself is, is a lot larger than you would expect from, uh, from, you know, an A-frame cabin that's a, a little bit on the smaller side. Um, but the deck too is like, it feels like it's just, it, it feels like an extension of the living room, right. In the living space. Um, which is very California, the whole like, you know, indoor, outdoor living indoor, kind of outdoor. feel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have big dreams for the yard. I would like to have maybe some grilling space out in mm. the back and have a place for people to sit and eat a meal outside, especially in the summer. Um, I think that's really valuable. When I started renting, it was September. We were entering a winter season. So yeah. I was, I thought maybe I should pause on my outdoor dining dreams yes <laughs> because for everything year two. to be covered in snow <laughs> yeah yeah that's but that's... it is a sizable deck it's nice to be able to sit outside and i have spent you know when i was renovating we ate outside all the time yeah yeah no it's it's so it's it's just beautiful um and to your point about like the crisp air and also just like the large like pine cones like we just like that were everywhere um <laughs> It was like, wow, these are massive. And my wife made this comment. She's like, I feel like I've only seen these in like craft stores um, <laughs> and never like in real life. So that was yeah. fun. <laughs> Tons of pine cones, pine needles everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it adds to the whole experience. It's beautiful. Um, Kayla, my last question for you is just around, what do you think about starting a new short-term rental? Like, do you think at night, like, oh, you know what, what's my next space going to be like? Should I do another cabin in Big Bear? Should I get another kind of property somewhere else? Are you pretty content with like, hey, I just want the apex to be, you know, my little escape and to work on the yard there and ask me in a few years, like where, where's your head at right now with respect to whether or not you would, you know, build upon your little STR empire or not in the short term? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, you said that it's sort of, it's almost addicting. You do one and then you're like, well, maybe I'll just do another one. And I definitely <laughs> am feeling that way. Um, I love the renovation process. It was really hard. And I think I'm just far enough away from it now that I'm remembering all the good things and maybe not as many of the bad things And I want to do it again. Yeah. Um, but also what you mentioned earlier about crafting a space that you can or would spend time in, I think I would never want to do this over and over again and then lose some of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think there's, there's like a, uh, maybe a healthy and slow way to grow. I also think that, you know, Big Bear is a community. There's people who live there full time. And so even the fact that I have one house up there that I don't live in full time is taking something away from that community to some extent. Hmm. So I'm really conscious of that. And I wouldn't just want to 
buy up properties left yeah. and right. Not that that would be possible, but I wouldn't just want to, you know, be inconsiderate in the places that I was going to and creating short-term rentals. So I think it's a balance, but yeah. the answer is the short answer is yes. I would love to do it again. Maybe I'll convert a van next. Ooh, there you go. I like that. That's very trendy right now. Um, it is. It is. I. I it's Good funny. Use of the DIY skills. You can there drive you it to the mountains. Oh, there you go. Now you're talking, right? And all of a sudden, you can have seven or eight people staying at the apex. Um, few in the van and few in the few in the A-frame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's funny, you know, I feel like a lot of folks will start off in like with a mountain cabin and they're like, Ooh, you know, the beach, Hmm. Like, what do mm -hmm. I do? What do I do there? You know, or vice versa. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like the, the, the California hosts in particular that I've spoken to are, they're, they're always scheming, um, about, yeah. about the next, about <laughs> the next one. <laughs> well, Kayla, this yeah, has been, a, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Point. Maybe I should look to the beach. Maybe. I will take this as You've got a note. the city. You've got the city. You've <laughs> got, got the, the mountain. City. I mean, come on. What's left? Just yeah. the beach. Just the beach. Just the beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, this has been this has been awesome, Kayla. I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, we will have uh links to the Apex Cabin's Instagram below. But if folks want to like, you know, pick your brain and, you know, ask you about tile or what, you know, how to squeeze a bunch of appliances into a relatively small space without it feeling overcrowded. Like what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, I think via the Instagram is probably the best way. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so yes. And I love answering questions. I want to help. I love just providing a DIY, um, perspective. So send them my way. Wonderful. We will. Well, thank you so much, Kayla, for first and foremost, your generosity and letting us come out there. And uh, we look forward to staying in touch. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Hey, friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach. Z-A-C-H at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time. <laughs>